This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Ron Armstead out, Kendall Lamb in. Josh, that's where the conversation has to start. On the left side of the offensive line, starting next to Kendall Lamb, who you got? For some reason, we still see Liam Eichenberg atop the depth chart. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, he dealt with a rib injury, I think it was, for most of the um, preseason. He only played like 14 snaps. Meanwhile, Isaiah Wynn played like 104, all at left guard. He allowed one sack during that time. So is this just maybe they didn't file the report? They didn't put in, they didn't sign the paperwork that officially put him up in the depth chart? Could this be something that's contract-related? If he's the opening day number one on the depth chart, he gets some sort of bonus. Could it be that simple? Am I making it too simple? You're trying to figure out what's going on here because I think we all are. Isaiah Wynn looked clearly better throughout camp. We've heard the things, you know, anybody that was at camp was saying that. We saw him look pretty good in preseason. So I don't know why Eichenberg's still out there. I was looking at Pro Football Focus where they had uh, the different depth charts, and sure enough, there uh, was Eichenberg as well. We know the Dolphins' official depth chart says that. And the only thing I keep going back to is do they would they prefer to have Isaiah Wynn as that backup left tackle or the guy that, um, you know, maybe goes if Kendall Lamb struggles early on with Teron Armstead out. Maybe they're trying to, um, you know, reassure things the next what 17 weeks of the season and try to have that plan figured out but I just don't know why Liam Meikenberg's getting another chance to start and if it were up to me that would absolutely be Isaiah Wynn starting even if it is Kendall Lamb going but um yeah man don't know what they're doing there but um we've heard time and time again Mike McDaniel try to prop these guys up right and we just all sit here and laugh with so the Chargers really shut down the Dolphins offense last year I mean the the spark note version is they really pressed them at the line they really funneled everything to the inside where uh, the defenders could really like sit in Tyree Kill's pocket, Jalen Waddle's pocket. So it was really about attacking the outside, something the Dolphins really didn't do well. Um, but it was a weird matchup, Josh, because J.C. Jackson didn't play. Uh, Joey Bosa was out. I don't think Derwin James played either, and yet the Dolphins' offense still struggled. Two only completed uh, 10 passes out of 28 attempts, I believe it was. A um, couple notes real quick, Josh. Joey Bosa played just five games last year, and he had two and a half sacks. Uh, he was talking about putting on about 20 pounds of weight this season entering the new year. I think that's to help stay healthy. Uh, one thing I had no idea about, Cleo Mack is 32 years old. He had three sacks in week one last year, five the rest of the season. Um, he missed his tackle 20% of the times, and he was strong against the run facing Miami last year. Uh, Josh, I don't want to try to spin zone it too much here, but I do wonder if this is a situation that the Chargers are dealing with where these guys are maybe getting a little older and it's like the uh, Pro Bowl saying, you get acknowledge them a little longer than they should and it takes you a little too long to acknowledge them for the stuff they're doing. 
Yeah, it makes us realize, and again, I say it all the time, how old I am. Khalil Mack being, you know, getting up there in age like that. I mean, this is going to be out of the league, and we can all remember when he was drafted. So, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when you break down all that, Jake, is I'm a little bit scared, right? You mentioned how their defense completely shut down Miami um, last season, almost dared them to take shots deep and took away the middle of the field. The fact they didn't have Derwin James, you know, Bosa was banged up. The other guys you mentioned, I mean, J.C. Jackson in the secondary, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be one of the better games on Sunday. I mean, I know a lot of people are yeah, sitting here saying that they're doing like a disservice to the NFL by kind of burying this game late in the in the day. But, dude, this is going to be a heavyweight fight, and um, something's got to give. I'm just a little worried when you're talking about Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, thinking about Kendall Lamb and Austin Jackson out there. That's definitely where I keep going back to. I think the... I think this battle is going to weirdly, I know everyone wants to talk the trenches and everyone's going to say you went in the trenches. I think this might be one at the second level. Um, Derwin James last year, he played 330 snaps in the box compared to 270 at free safety. Uh, JC Jackson, he's a slated starter. Last year, he allowed four touchdowns. He only had two pass breakups and no interceptions while playing just five games. Um, Asante Samuel allowed 700 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Uh, this is someone who's a 5'10 cornerback. So I just kind of look at that position group. Uh, JC Jackson, you're hoping maybe you can get these this Charger uh, secondary to blink early on. You maybe can try to figure it out where you can get Asante Samuel inside in the slot, maybe lined up against someone like Alec Ingold, where you can really pressure them on the outside with stretch runs. So to me, man, I, I totally see the issues Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa can have, but consistency is going to be a big question for that front of the Chargers. They could be absolutely awesome, but until we see it, I, I think the Dolphins could challenge the uh, Chargers secondary in some unique ways. They tried to last year. I think they even had shots, but just putting it all together um, just didn't seem like a possibility. Yeah, that's completely right. I mean, we sit there and look at that game and kind of feel like nothing went right. But if you go back and watch, there were opportunities, you know, some missed balls that just barely left some points on the board. So um, I don't want to say and say that it's the Dolphins kryptonite because I don't feel like they are. I feel like these two teams match up well against each other, both very good, you know, I think the Chargers are really good at stopping the, the pass last season, and the Dolphins were really good at stopping the run defensively. And then on offense, they're both just pass-happy as all can be. So I think you're right with this being one in the second level. Um, those battles between Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, you know, Braxton Berrios versus uh, the Los Angeles Chargers secondary is going to be one to watch. But another guy that you keep mentioning, Derwin James, I don't know if you saw a Mike McDaniel's presser, but he's like, everyone needs to account for him. So um, – Seeing him back out there is another guy that's going to, you know, shift things a little bit. But I do think the Dolphins match up well besides, you know, the tight end spot. And I think if they continue to um, not abandon the run game, right, run the football when you can and, and hit on those plays when they're open and just do the complete opposite of what you did last time you played Brandon Staley and everything will be OK. Yeah. And, you know, the we can feel proud about the fact the Dolphins averaged nearly five yards per carry against the Chargers last year. Or should we? Actually, I don't think we should, Josh. Hear me out. The Chargers allowed an average of 5.4 yards per carry last year, the worst in the league. And the Dolphins only could average five. This was a running attack that actually for the last stretch of the season, five, six weeks, one of the best in the league. I don't know if it was something that happened in this game or shortly after that West Coast trip where the Dolphins were really forced to change things. Um, but they should be so aggressive attacking this Chargers defense. We saw all throughout the preseason. This could be something. This could be nothing, Josh. It's either going to be a hundred percent or zero percent. Um, who's going to be out there at running back? You understand Raheem Mostert's going to be the starter. Is Salvan Ahmed going to be the maybe number two in terms of carrying the football? Then you get Devon A. Chain on the third down. Does Chris Brooks get into the mix? How do they really make sure this running game is maximized against the defense that really welcomes it? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Raheem Mostert's probably going to be the starter, but the next guy up is going to be very telling for Miami. You mentioned Chris Brooks, and I mean, we don't even know if he'll be, I guess he is on the active roster, so he should be activated on Sunday. I mean, he's that change of tempo type back that I think could really wear down um, the Los Angeles Chargers defense. That's definitely an interesting uh, tidbit you brought up. So thinking about Raheem Mostert and Chris Brooks, the real thunder and lightning, I mean, that might be the best way to go about it. But Salvin Ahmed, I mean, how do you keep him off the field with how awesome he looked in preseason? And then Devon Achan, I mean, when they drafted him, they had a vision for what he can do, whether that's playing in the slot a little bit, you know, being that speed speedster out of the backfield like kind of like Raheem Mostert so I kind of like the Chris Brooks thing I mean I don't know if they're going to go with a uh you know undrafted acorn guy that just made the roster and come into this as that being their game plan but I, I think Chris Brooks and Raheem Mostert would be the way I would attack them but how Mike McDaniel how they go about it with this running back unit is anyone's guess another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the Chargers brought in Eric Kendricks at middle linebacker last season or um, over the offseason. That was like their big improvement there on the defense. He had 97 tackles last season. He's a very sound tackler. Um, he had a 90 run defense grade when Miami played the Vikings last year. It's pretty easy to stop the run um, when Teddy B is behind center. So just kind of keep that in mind. But I'm really interested to see how this running attack operates, Josh, because I think there is some opportunity where this might be hard for the Dolphins. They might see the clock ticking on the, the snap count, uh, the play clock, excuse, excuse me, I was blanking there. We might see some issues with that because there might be situations where you see Derwin James lined up near the line of scrimmage. You see him lined up in the box. You don't want to run at him. And somehow you might try to audible Asante Samuel, someone a lot smaller in there. So I think the Dolphins are going to try to play a little bit of a chess match and make the defense lined up in ways they might feel a little uncomfortable. But from there, man, it still goes back to executing. Yeah, one thing I don't know that we're, I mean, I know I personally have not really thought about it too much, but the whole Renato Hill uh, connection, right? I mean, he kind of knows, he kind of knows what's going on there and with the Chargers. He had, you know, a big hand in that defense and what they did to Miami. So um, the fact that he can give you an inside look at that, you know, every day they've been lining up against uh, kind of a Brandon Staley defense, right? Playing Vic Fangio and things like that. So they should be better prepared for this game than, you know, almost anyone. Um, but again, it's going to come down to just executing continuing to run the football and then just trying to find a way to stop Justin Herbert, right? I mean, we can sit here and talk until we're giddy in the face about these two quarterbacks, but these were two of the top quarterbacks in 2020. And right now it seems like they are on pace to be two of the better quarterbacks in football. So stopping Justin Herbert, making him make some of those late um, interceptions or turnovers that we've all become accustomed to letting Xavier Howard get his mitts on the ball um, is going to be key. And they got to get pressure on him, obviously, because um, you can't have him just stand back there, pick you apart like he did last season. It's it's the Prince's Bride, right? It's the Battle of Wits. You know, you just cannot doubt a Sicilian man when death is on the line. You just absolutely cannot do it. So, Josh, I want to ask you, who do you think blinks first, or should the Dolphins be – should they go out and try to get the same game plan, what they're comfortable with, and know that the defense might be able to stop it? Or do they think that Brandon Staley might try to adjust again to stay one step ahead? Where does the cat and mouse game really start to end yeah, I think both these guys are probably trying to get one step ahead, right? So, I mean, we're sitting here talking about how this offense looked last season, how it's looked throughout preseason. It could be a completely different game plan that Mike McDaniel and this unit comes in with. But when you got those speedy receivers, I mean, you got to use them to your advantage, right? So, um, yeah, man, I, I think they're both trying to outdo one another, and they both realize that if you want to take the next step in the AFC, you got to be able to dethrone the other one. 